0: As we near the end of Pride Month, the Gestapo of Seattle decided to kick things up a notch for the last weekend of this unholy season by bicycling completely nude in front of a crowd that included children. A pal of mine in Los Angeles texted me over the weekend to mention that he had the dubious distinction of seeing a nude LGBTB, the second B, of course, standing for bicycle display, as well. And in New York, Drag Queens marched to inform citizens that they are coming for our children. Now the libs will continue to insist that the degenerates in that video have no particular interest in children, that they are not groomers. But they obviously do have an interest in children. And they're telling us that they do. And they have an interest in children because their ideology demands it. I'm Michael Knowles, this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. Really wild clip over the weekend of the Proud Boys possibly getting into a fight with federal agents masquerading as right-wingers. We'll get into all the implications of this in a moment. First, though, we're just going to jump right into the deep end today. We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. The sexual revolutionaries have An overt interest in children, a sexual interest in children. It is undeniable. It is grooming. It's nothing particularly new. It's been going on since the beginning of the sexual revolution. In fact, when you look back to the 1960s at old essays from Bernie Sanders, young socialist Bernie Sanders, he was writing about the need to sexualize children. You can see it in two essays in the Vermont Freeman. Why is this? You can see this in in other writers, beloved of the left, people like Wilhelm Reich and, and many others. Why? Why does, and now up to today, you've got these groomers in the schools and dancing through the streets of New York saying, we're here, we're queer, dressed up in sexual garb, in a sexual demonstration, talking about a sexual interest in children. Why is it? Is it just because they're perverts? No, it actually isn't. Because, you know, the, the lib rejoinder to this is always going to be like, well, there was some Baptist preacher somewhere and he had a sexual interest in children. Or, well, there was some Republican somewhere and he had a sexual interest in children. Yeah, there are perverts everywhere. Not going to deny that for one second. But for the sexual revolutionaries, for the pride people, it goes further into an overt ideological sexual interest in children. The ideology demands it because the ideology says that sexual expression is good in and of itself. That's what the Libs believe. That's what the Pride people believe. The conservatives don't believe that. I'm a Catholic. I think that there is all sorts of sexual expression that's very, very bad. I think there's all sorts of sexual expression that's bad, not just for children, but for teenagers and adults and older people and married people, for that matter. I think that sexuality is a very uh, tempestuous sort of thing, and we've got to rein it in and control it and proscribe all sorts of behaviors. That is the view of conservative people. For the libs, though, their moral framework is, if it feels good, do it. And so like with the transgender issue, when you say, okay, if transgenderism is true for a 25-year-old, if a man can really be a woman, then why wouldn't it be true for a five-year-old? If that's the way human nature works, then it's true for everybody. The same goes for this sexual ethic on the left. If sexual expression is always good, then why wouldn't it be good for children? Now, you might say, or a lib trying to defend himself against these charges might say, well, you've got the matter of consent. Children can't consent, but the libs can't make that argument when they're simultaneously arguing that a five-year-old can consent to chop his genitals off or to take cross-sex hormones or to permanently sterilize himself or to become a eunuch. By the way, kids can't consent to anything. So parents make the decisions for children. Kids can't don't want to eat their broccoli. The parents say, you're going to eat your broccoli. Kids don't want to do their homework. The parents say, you're going to do your homework. That's what raising children is. You're making decisions on behalf of children that you think are in their best interest. And when it comes to the sexual revolution, they believe that it is in the best interest of people to express their sexual desires no matter what they are, because otherwise we'll be really repressive, and that'll give people a complex, and it'll harm them. And that's why we've got to protect trans kids. And the way we protect trans kids is by sterilizing them, or by putting them on puberty blockers, or by chopping off their genitals, or by encouraging disordered sexual behaviors and desires. That's why they're always going to come for your kids. That's why it's always going to end up with that drag march in New York City. Put aside the personal perversions of these people. That is what the ideology demands. A little side note to this story, the nation's first self-identified transgender state representative was just arrested on child pornography. But we don't even need, so, you know, okay, there you, there you have it. There's, that's the first one. I'm just reading the news story. I'm not making any broad claims. But you don't, you don't need to point to that because then the liberals will say, well, there was a pedophile priest or there was a Republican. Who, yeah, again, I know there are perverts everywhere. But what does the ideology say? Where is it overt? When people tell you what they want, when, t- when people tell you who they are, you should very often believe them. So where does that leave us? Now, we're at the end of Pride Month, Bud Light destroyed, Target partially destroyed. People are turning against this stuff. They don't like to see people marching in the streets saying, we're going to come and sexualize your children. So Yingling is one of the companies that has profited from this. As Bud Light was destroyed, Yingling doubled down and said, we're not going to push weird sexual ideologies on kids. Then people started buying Yingling more. Now, though, Yingling was caught sponsoring a Pride event. we got the story here from The Daily Wire. Yingling Brewery was sponsoring the Music Fest drag show uh, at Music Fest Cafe on June 30th. And the Music Fest drag show... Was, was going to allow anyone over the age of 13 to attend. And so Yingling, recognizing that it's on the verge of getting Bud Lighted, it's on the verge of losing all the benefits that it got from swooping in when Bud Light went full pride. Yingling is saying, okay, we need to raise the age. or We're going to pull out of the event. So now the, the minimum age is 18. And that's, good, that's better than allowing 13-year-olds to go to these events. But Yingling should take this further. Yingling should just pull out of the event. People are sick of pride, Okay. We've been very tolerant for a very long time. Will & Grace aired in the late 90s, and everyone got very tolerant. We all like our gay friends. We all like our gay cousin. But... This has gone way too far, and everybody knows it, and so the pendulum is swinging back way in the other direction. You saw it in Gallup polling. The the approval for same-sex relations of any kind has dropped precipitously, something like seven points, in just one year. There is absolutely no commercial or political benefit to Yingling Brewing Company, which has already identified itself as an enemy of the rainbow flag. There is no benefit to Yingling sponsoring a drag show for anybody of any age, 18 plus included, Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying Yingling needs to go out there and you know uh, start embracing Sharia law or something like that, okay? P- we can be very, very tolerant, very, very nice, and love everybody, and not, not send the morality police to people's homes without sponsoring this public, deeply unpopular degeneracy, okay? Nobody, nobody who is buying Yingling beer wants to see a drag show. Just ditch it, guys. You can go. We can go a lot further. Conservatives suffer from a Failure of imagination very often. The libs never suffer from that, and it's helped them politically for a long time. So when the political order is breaking down, you're probably going to want to protect yourself and your assets. You might want to check out Birch Gold. Right now, text Knowles to 989898. 98, 98. As central banks in countries such as China, India, and Australia begin transitioning to digital currency, the Federal Reserve has been contemplating the same for the U.S. With a digital currency, the government could track every single purchase you make. Officials could even prohibit you from purchasing certain products or easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold, and you can do that with the help of Birch Gold. They are the people that I trust for gold. I'm very pleased to have some Birch Gold, and thousands of other people are very happy about that too. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. You don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. How much more time does the dollar have? Protect your savings with gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of happy customers. Text Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to ninety eight ninety eight ninety eight. Get your free info kit on gold. If a central bank digital currency becomes a reality, it will be nice to have some gold to depend on. Text Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to 98-98-98. You're seeing this same thing with Starbucks here. Starbucks Workers United The Starbucks union is calling for a strike because Starbucks allegedly discouraged shops from putting up rainbow decorations during Pride Month. And I hope that's true. I hope Starbucks Corporation did that. However, Starbucks Corporation then came out and denied this allegation, said, no, we stand with the LGB, community. And uh, still, it's not good enough for the Starbucks workers. So the Starbucks Workers United are calling for a strike of over 150 stores and 3,500 workers. Starbucks should fire as many of these people as possible. You know, I have long defended Starbucks, even though it's got a little bit of a woke reputation. I've said these guys have done a lot of good. I think the coffee tastes pretty good as far as mass produced coffee goes. I think they've installed public bathrooms in every major city in the world, which is a great benefit to society. I think that it's just a well run corporation. They've started Putting Christmas back on the cups again at December. They don't put the the employees are very often pretty woke, but the corporation doesn't peddle that stuff. Don't cave to these guys. Do not cave to them. It will not benefit you. It is not 2005 anymore. Pride ideology is not on the rise. They jump the shark, they're transing the kids, everyone hates it. Don't cave, Starbucks. Don't cave if you're listening to this show. Speaking of uprisings, you may have heard that there was almost a civil war in Russia over the weekend, and I'll give you the the broad strokes of it, as, as though I were some kind of expert on Russian politics, as though anybody were an expert on Russian politics. Uh, the The Wagner Group, the fancy people call it the Wagner Group. The Americans call it the Wagner Group. The Wagner Group is this paramilitary in Russia, and the leader of the Wagner Group is this guy Prigozhin, who is just a psycho Russian warlord, and. Prigozhin was very upset because he felt that the Russian defense minister, Shoigu, was undermining his position and even killing some of his mercenary troops. So Prigozhin decides to march on Moscow. He got within a couple of hours of the Kremlin and or at least with a couple hours of the outskirts of Moscow and then he halted there was an 11th hour deal he turned around now Prokofian has been exiled to Belarus which means he's probably going to be awaiting the delivery of a nice polonium tea any day now you know one of Vlad the Impaler's messengers is probably going to come and uh, end his consciousness but uh, this was a, a big threat to Vlad's power And the question is, did we know about it? Did we instigate this sort of thing? Uh, The initial report said U.S. intelligence agencies caught flat-footed here, taken by surprise by the Wagner Group uprising in Russia. Then later on, we had reports that said that U.S. intel was aware of this beforehand, and they were monitoring the situation. And we don't know what to believe, because some people believe that the CIA controls every single event in the world, and it's, it's the most powerful body on Earth. Uh, Other people believe that the CIA and the US intel agencies are basically incompetent. And I think it might be a little bit of both. (laughs) You know, the CIA does have a lot of power. They've amassed a lot of power over the years. Also, it's a government agency, and the federal government is sometimes bumbling. I think of that great Coen Brothers movie, Burn After Reading, the, the point of which is that <laughs> events just continue to spiral out of control, and the CIA is often the cause of that. But they, they, they never seem to make it any better. And so they say, okay, well, just keep just keep your eyes on it. Keep monitoring it, and they'll try to play, catch up afterward. Regardless, this would appear to be a tactical win for NATO, because you've weakened Russia here. You've weakened Putin without totally destabilizing the country. And so this raises another point. This is the point I want to talk about. Nobody really cares about the internal politics of Russia. I care about how this plays out in the media and what it means for Americans and those of us in the West, which is there sure were a lot of Russia experts over the weekend. There sure were a lot of people. There there was a liberal establishment that was cheering on the coup d'etat, by this guy Progosion. And I thought, what do you think is going to happen? What do you, I know that the American liberals have, they just buy whatever the Western propaganda feeds them. And whatever the Washington Post and CNN say is the, the current thing, we're all supposed to just become obsessed with that and buy whatever talking points they f- feed to us but do we really want Putin gone? What, what happens if we kick out Putin? What, who takes over? Do you uh, know? Not you, I'm preaching to the choir, but the libs who were cheering this on. Do you do do know the names of five Russians other than Vladimir Putin? Liberals? I don't think so. I don't think they know anybody involved here. I think that they just have been programmed to believe Vladimir Putin bad, Vladimir Putin, new Hitler. Get rid. We must get rid of Vladimir Putin. Okay, so now you're cheering on some complete psycho Russian warlord with a private military marching on the Kremlin to take control of the nuclear weapons of the former superpower. That's what. That's how much the Washington Post has melted your brain. That you think that's a good thing. Have you lost your freaking mind? Why? What? How does it benefit us? To get rid of Vladimir Putin, who, yes, despite being an all sorts of nasty guy, is a relatively stable, moderate force by the standards of Russia and extreme politics. We really want nuclear weapons in a country that could fall into civil war. I don't think so. And we got it. Sometimes we got to just take a break, turn off the CNN Close up the Washington Post for a second. Take a look at this situation and say, okay, and this is true, by the way, of social media. This is true of so much of our emotional response to politics. When you're feeling like you really just, you're getting angry, maybe you even feel like you hate somebody in politics. That Trump, he's the devil, he's Hitler. Are he, you that man? Okay, take a pause. Just say, hey, why, why do I hate him? How did I come to hate this guy? Trump is a great example for this. This is a guy who was a fairly beloved celebrity for 40 years and was the host of the most popular game show on network television and was uh, adulated in 300 plus hip hop songs. And then just one day, as though the liberal establishment unscrewed the back of our heads, opened it up, pulled out the computer chip that said you like Trump and put in the computer chip that said you hate Trump. Trump Trump lovable, Trump funny, Trump fun celebrity, boop, we're going to pull that chip out. We're going to put in the Trump evil Hitler chip, boop, and then all of a sudden on a dime, everyone turned. When you feel your emotion just stirred up like that, you got to just take a pause, ask yourself, not whether or not this person is good. You can get to that question later. Ask yourself first, why am I being told to hate this person? What strategic goal is advanced here? Speaking of unpopular leaders, Chris Christie is on the campaign trail, Chris Christie running for president. Chris Christie was just booed by an audience, political audience, for dissing Donald Trump. All right, we heard the reaction to your speech at the Faith and Freedom Conference. I I assume you well knew you were going to get booed when you started slamming Donald Trump's leadership. I did hear some applause in the crowd as well, but the boos were loud. What's your sense? Is the
1: anti-Trump message... Is there any evidence that, that, that it's resonating? Absolutely, evidence is resonating. John, I've been in the in the race for less than three weeks, and I'm already in third place in New Hampshire, only four points behind Ron DeSantis, who's been in the race for a longer time and is supposed to be the co-front runner. Uh, look, um, people understand that folks need to take responsibility for what they do, and my message to the folks at Faith and Freedom, which did get some good reaction too. But of course, I expected the boos. That is predominantly a Trump crowd. Um, But they need to hear the truth too.
0: They need to hear the truth too. Okay. Now, you know, and I know this has been so unpopular an opinion for me to say. All right. You want to talk about Chris Christie getting booed when he knows he's going to. I have had a very unpopular message for a long time, but I've stuck by it because I'm here to tell you the truth, folks. And my message is, Chris Christie could have a moment in this race. Everybody laughed at Chris Christie. They said he'd never get above 1%. I said, he's going to have a moment. If I could bet on him unpredicted, I'd probably put at least a small amount of money on it. I'm not saying he's going to go the distance. I'm not recommending that anybody put their money on Chris Christie, but I feel he's got a lot more political skill than others are letting on. And so he's saying, I go to Faith and Freedom. I go there, I give an anti-Trump message. I get booed, but I'm doing well in New Hampshire. This is a really, Important insight for the 2024 race. The Christie's of the race are having a little bit of a moment. Trump is remaining dominant. What is the takeaway here? The takeaway is not that you're going to be rewarded for attacking Trump. The takeaway is not that the path to the nomination is attacking Trump. The takeaway here is that the supposed co-frontrunner, Ron DeSantis, is weaker than it seems. There's a poll out from NBC News. You know about the chrysisons. I've talked to you about the potential Chrissons right now. Trump is at 51%. DeSantis is at 22%. Pence is at 6%. Christie's right behind at 5%. Haley at 4%. Tim Scott, 3%. Vivek at 3%. Even Asa Hutchinson at 2%. How, how has the movement been on those numbers? Trump is up five points from April. Pence is up one point. Christie is up five points, as I told you would happen. The big change here is DeSantis is down 9%. Chris Christie is not taking votes from Donald Trump. Chris Christie is taking votes from Ron DeSantis. Because, as I've said from the beginning, the big trouble for Ron DeSantis is that he is running in the Trump lane. He is the Trump candidate. His pitch is, I'm Trump 2.0. I'm Trump without the weaknesses. But his big base of support is going to come from people who don't really like Trump all that much. And so he's, he's got to be both the better Trump and the anti-Trump. And that's a very difficult, potentially impossible line to walk. The people who really, really want Trump, they're just going to go for Trump. Trump's in the race. They're going to go for the OG. So how does Ron DeSantis prevent himself from, from watching his support just dissipate between Trump on the one hand and the Christie's and the other candidates on the other when you want to solve thorny difficult problems like this you need a good education when you want an education you got to check out Grand Canyon University. Right now head on over to gcu.edu. I love Grand Canyon University. Grand Canyon University is one of the first schools that I ever visited when I was on my college speaking tour. I've been to dozens and dozens of schools and uh, GCU I love. I now work with two of the students who brought me to GCU that first time, one of them here at the Daily Wire, one over at the Young America's Foundation. It's just a great place, and with everything on your plate, earning your degree online might seem impossible. Well, Grand Canyon University's online programs are designed to make earning your degree easy and accessible, no matter your age or stage in life. Whether you are a busy professional looking to advance your career, or a stay-at-home parent juggling family responsibilities, GCU's online courses give you the flexibility that you need to learn on your own terms. Grand Canyon University specializes in helping you fit your bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree into your busy day. From scholarships to customized scheduling, your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. So why wait, huh? If you're ready to take your education to the next level, you need Grand Canyon University. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. That is gcu.edu, gcu.edu. Now, Chris Christie's big charge here in the race is that Donald Trump, he is just not fit to be president.
1: Character is the single most important element of a president of the United States because you can't know every, uh, every issue that's gonna come across a president's desk. It's not a litmus test with check boxes are in them. What you need to know is what is the character of that person? And frankly, when I I listened to Donald Trump's speech last night, he had the audacity to say that he got indicted for us. Now, I don't know how it benefited the American people for him to take highly sensitive intelligence and secret documents out of the White House to stonewall the government on returning them for over a year and a half, to subject himself to a raid by the FBI, even though they had asked him voluntarily to return this stuff, um, and um, to then be subject to an indictment, which is obviously going to be one of great trouble for the country, because no one wants to see this happen. It's not about whether you think Donald Trump has been treated fairly or not by the media or by elements of the Justice Department. It is about whether he is a man of character who can lead this party to victory, and I don't believe he can.
0: I don't believe that Donald Trump has the character to be president. That line doesn't work anymore. That line might have worked in 2016. And you might still say, well, uh, Trump doesn't have an admirable character. I don't like his character. Okay, but you can't say Trump doesn't have the character to be president because Trump was president and he was a good president. He, He got Roe v. Wade overturned. He was great on foreign policy. He was great on immigration until he was undermined by his bureaucrats. But for that first little bit of his administration, he was very good on, on immigration. Immigration fell dramatically. The economy improved. You can't say that. This is an argument from, what is it, uh, Heraclitus, I think, said a man's character is his fate. And this was the ar- big argument against Trump in 2016. He doesn't have the character to be president, but he, he does. And so you've just taken a major quiver that you could, you could use against Trump. That's gone. And that's why the Christie argument is not really hurting Trump. Trump's numbers generally are just going up or staying the same. The argument, Christie is also as predicted, Christie is going to weaken the non-Trump candidates in the race, diffuse some of that support. And now you are seeing a situation, and we're just seeing the beginning of it. Anything could change. But you're seeing a situation that is beginning to resemble A situation like Trump had in 2016. In 2016, Trump just had a solid plurality in lots of states, and the rest of the support was split up among the other candidates, and Trump took the nomination. Now, in this case, you see Trump, according to some polls, with an outright majority. So it it would seem even better for him. What What is Trump's message? Trump also spoke at this conference, faith and freedom. His message was an unusual one for the GOP.
1: This whole world is on fire this world is on fire before i even arrive at the oval office i will have the horrible war between russia and ukraine totally settled i'll have it done in 24 hours i say that and i would do that that's easy compared to some of the things that i'd get that done in 24 hours i know them both i know them both as the bible says blessed are the peacemakers see that i will be your and i will be your peacemaker i was your peacemaker
0: this is a very conservative message and it's also a very unusual message for the last 30 years i guess of the gop certainly the last 20 years the gop message has been a little more saber rattling it has been a little bit more, we're going to go in there, we're going to bomb them, we're going to spread freedom around the world, you're with us or against us. We're going to go attack the axis of evil, spread democracy, wipe out these different bad guys around the world. Trump is saying, I'm going to be your peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, I'm going to be a peacemaker in politics. As you're seeing the Democrats become more and more belligerent, Joe Biden's foreign policy is just more war. That's what it is. And he's fairly open about that. He has prolonged the war in Ukraine. He in many ways instigated the war in Ukraine. Those aren't just my words. That's Vladimir Zelensky, who said that if Biden hadn't pulled the sanctions off of Russia, and if Bi- obviously if Biden hadn't invited Russia to invade, actually said if it's just a minor incursion into Ukraine, we won't really do anything about it, that you wouldn't have seen the war in Ukraine. But the, but the Biden foreign policy is let's have more war and let's manage more wars around the world. The Trump message is no war, I'm going to be your peacemaker. He broke the mold. Okay. And so even if you come later and you say, I agree with that Trump message and I'm going to implement that Trump message. And let's say you actually can, let's say you're a candidate who who is somehow able to impl- implement the Trump message better than Trump is. It doesn't really matter because if you like that Trump breaking the mold thing, you're probably, you're probably going to go and stick with your guy, stick with the original. Now, speaking of hearkening back to better times. There's an important new poll on the culture, which is that Americans want to unplug. Americans, who often are very bullish on technology and they want more technology, they want more gadgets and gizmos, they're turning away from that. Just as they're turning away from the rainbow ideology, they're turning away from technology. A new poll has found that 77% of middle-aged Americans between 35 and 54 years old want to return to a time before society was always plugged in a time before the internet was always on and cell phones were always in our pockets and we were always expected to answer texts and emails. And it's not just middle-aged people. This poll from Harris found that 63% of people aged 18 to 34, so now we're talking about Zoomers as well as millennials, also want to go back to simpler times. Even though a lot of those people, especially the Zoomers, never even experienced that. I remember when we got our first computer in my house. I certainly remember when we got... The internet for the first time. Certainly, I didn't have high speed internet until I was 17 or 18. I, I vividly, I remember, I remember a time before a computer in the home and a lot of younger millennials and zoomers can't say that. But even though a lot of them can't remember it, they say, I want to go back to that time. Once again, fewer baby boomers want to go back to that time. 60% of people older than 55 say they want to return to those pre-internet days. This maps almost exactly onto the PRIDE survey that, that Gallup found, which is that uh, in terms of people's views on the PRIDE ideology, younger people are much more likely to want to roll it back, much less likely to support the Rainbow Coalition. In fact, the only group that is getting more socially liberal is the boomers, the younger guys much more traditional, much more conservative. And overall, two-thirds of poll respondents say they prefer things as they used to be versus what they are now. So what do what do these guys want? And by these guys I include myself in it. I don't I don't live on my phone. I'm probably on Twitter too often, but I don't do the other apps. I don't I'm rarely Rarely on Instagram. I'm never on TikTok. I never answer my texts. (laughs) Almost never. I don't like it. I don't want the new gadgets. I just find it so distracting. It's exhausting. Even when you catch yourself doom scrolling, it doesn't make you feel better. It depresses people. It's just, it's no bueno. It's no good. We're getting sucked into this black mirror. What are people really yearning for here? One, people are beginning to question the progressive view of history, the Whig view of history, that history is always getting better and the old times were terrible and the modern time is always a crisis and the future is always going to be much better. that That's over. I, I got in trouble among the Libs a couple of weeks ago because I, I said, I don't want to follow the results of this new social survey and return to the social conservatism of 2012. I want to return to the social conservatism of 1220. And the Libs made fun of me for this, but I don't know why they did. A lot of people agree with that. In order to agree with that kind of a sentiment, I'm not saying I want to return to the dentistry of 1220. That sounds unpleasant. But I do want to return to some of the social conservatism, the unity of family, the confidence in faith and civilization, the recognition of a moral order, the uh, not having bands of lunatics marching down the street screaming, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. I'd like to return to that to the seriousness of philosophy. I'd like to return to all of that. And I, I bet a lot of other people do too. What, what the people really are yearning for, the ones who say that w- we're now less supportive of the Pride Coalition, or we're now less supportive of technology and being plugged in all the time. What they really want is a return to control and virtue. And they find that our society, which is increasingly liberal and technological, is taking away control. The the technocrats in Washington, D.C. and elsewhere in the world are taking control away from us. Our technology is taking control away from us. Our technology is spying on us all the time, collecting data, serving us ads. Uh, They think that they know us better than we know ourselves. Very often that's true. And we're living in a liberal society that mocks the very concept of virtue. For all of human history until liberalism, until the modern age, society was understood that states are ordered toward the good. We want more good stuff and less bad stuff. That's the basic, basic idea of statecraft. And then modernity comes in and liberalism comes in and, and makes fun of that idea. And says, with a radical skepticism, they say, we can't really ever know anything about what's good. We can't really ever know anything about virtue. So we're just going to make everyone rich materially. We're going to give everyone gizmos and gadgets, which is fine. I guess it's nice to have material wealth, of course. But if that undermines the virtuous basis of society, then even as your society gets materially much, much richer, you're you're simultaneously going to see increasing rates of anxiety, depression, suicide. You're going to see plummeting rates of marriage. You're going to see plummeting rates of childbirth. You're going to see exactly what we're seeing right now. Who is more risible? Who is more worthy of mockery? The people who say, maybe we should learn some lessons from the past and try to reinstitute those ideas into society, including, and especially, Western civilization at its height, Christendom at its height. Or the people who say, oh, everything's going great now. Yeah, where do I I plug my neck into the matrix? Give me my goggles. I want to eat the bugs and live in the pod. I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, speaking of this supposed progress, there's a report came out, Daily Wire Exclusive, the University of Virginia Trans Clinic is admitting something that we conservatives have been warning about for a long time, and we were called conspiracy theorists for saying it, and we were censored for saying it, and we're going to say it anyway. Daily Wire has, has seen waivers from a top Virginia clinic, UVA Medical Center, that requires parents to acknowledge a frightening list of potential permanent side effects for transing kids, for giving children and minors so-called gender-affirming care, which is, which is absurdly named because it is the opposite of gender-affirming. It's gender-denying care. Well, what did the waiver say? The waiver said, and this is for a clinic that offers transgender health services for ages 11, 11 to 25, say testosterone therapy may cause transient infertility due to a loss of ovulation or irreversible infertility due to ovarian tissue damage. That's a wording from a document titled Consent for Testosterone Therapy goes on to suggest banking eggs. So the waiver at UVA Trans Clinic says, hey, if you trans your kids, one of the risks is permanent infertility. We're going to sterilize your kids, but they're going to maybe slightly better resemble the opposite sex that they, at, at this moment, mistakenly believe themselves to be part of. It's an amazing conflict in one's mind that you could have people in the liberal West I'm saying lowercase l liberals, looking at China and saying China's an evil, terrible, authoritarian country. They're they're sterilizing the Uyghurs. You know, the the beleaguered Uyghurs, well, China is sterilizing them. So they don't have any more kids. Isn't that evil and awful? Okay, and now we need to protect trans kids and trans rights, and we need to sterilize lots of children. But but, you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, well, the difference here, Michael, is consent. The Uyghurs are not consenting oh, the children are consenting? The children can consent, huh? That sounds like the kind of belief that people who march through the streets, groomers chanting, we're here, we're coming for your kids. That sounds like the kind of belief that they would say. People have a particular and deviant sexual interest in children. Though there is a reminder as part of this, which is children don't consent. This is the normal take on it, which is, Children don't consent to anything. They don't consent to eating broccoli. They don't consent to doing their homework. They don't consent to being sterilized and turned into eunuchs by their parents. The parents need to make the decisions that they believe is in the best interest of of the children. And right now, a lot of people in this country believe that it is in the best interest of the children. It is good to sterilize these kids and turn them into eunuchs. You can't escape the question of what is good. No matter how laissez-faire your society, no matter how radically skeptical, no matter how liberal, you can't escape that question because you've got to do something and not do other stuff in society. And right now, we have enshrined as the good the idea that it's good to sterilize little kids and hook them onto all sorts of deviant sexual ideologies. And what the conservatives are saying now, increasingly, especially younger people, not, not even hardcore conservatives, even people on the center right, even the center left, Formerly of the center left, they're coming out and they're saying, huh, our view of the good is stupid and bad and making everyone depressed and suicidal. Maybe we should articulate a different view, a more traditional view of what's good and push that. You want to know about something that's good? Jeremy's Razors, introducing for you the Precision 5 Razor, one handle plus one blade cartridge kit for what would you pay for that? $100? $85? What if I told you $14.99? Jeremy's lowest cost for a razor and only for a limited time, crafted with a luxurious tungsten handle, five welded steel blades, and a flip back trimmer for a close, smooth shave around hairlines and hard to reach places. Remember, though, the Precision 5 is no ordinary razor. It's a sword in the battle for beliefs, a banner to wave into a new economy, a precision instrument to force woke companies to earn back your dollar and stop denigrating your beliefs. But it is also still a razor and we'll give you a great shave. The Precision 5 is starting at $14.99, with a price so low, it has never been easier to stop giving your money to woke corporations that hate your guts, join over 125,000 men who have ditched their woke razors and switched to Jeremy's. Never a better time or price. Go to jeremysrazors.com today. My favorite comment yesterday, is from Thumper84, who says, was just at Walmart, saw Bud Light 15 packs for $16.48 with a $15 rebate. (laughs) (laughs) It's devastating. He goes on to say, the display was completely full. Yeah, of course. You You talk about the waivers, about the potential side effects. You know, you go to the UVA trans clinic, it could render you sterile forever. Think about the side effects of drinking even just one Bud Light. Could you imagine? Sort of thing could ruin your marriage. Sort of thing could ruin your ability to have children. Now, speaking of incoherent liberal priorities... Do you remember? It's about a year ago, maybe even over a year ago. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, along with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, some other Republican leaders, decided to send illegal aliens out of their states to liberal strongholds. Governor DeSantis famously sent the illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard, which was hilarious. Governor Abbott, though, he, he got a little less publicity for it, but he was sending the illegal aliens to places like Chicago and to places like New York. And at the time, here is what New York City liberal Democrat Mayor Eric Adams had to say about a political leader shipping illegal aliens to other states away from their cities and states.
1: This is horrific when you think about uh, what uh, the governor uh, is doing, the governor of Texas, uh, after a month of traveling across the border, placing on the bus with no direction to come here uh, to New York. And New York is a city that has always represented the democratic values and the values of our city, of showing our compassion. And that's what we're doing today.
0: That's what we're doing today. This is horrific to ship illegal aliens. Just because you don't want them in your state, in your city, you're going to just ship them out of there, pass the buck outrageous, until Mayor Adams just got caught doing exactly the same thing. Actually, not exactly the same thing. He is shipping the illegal aliens to other states. He's shipped them to over a dozen states. He's also shipping them to other countries. Eric Eric Adams, it's horrific to send illegal aliens from Texas to New York. He's shipping them to to over a dozen other states and to five countries, including China, Venezuela, Colombia, Peru, and Ecuador. Awful, awful when a Republican does something. Wonderful when a Democrat does the same or a more egregious version of the very same thing. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to even bring up if the shoe were on the other foot You know, that's the epitaph on the headstone of conservatism. Imagine if the roles were reversed. Just pointing out that when when the liberals make these arguments, this is horrific, violation of human rights, how could you ever see? They don't really mean it. They're just lying and using that political issue as a cudgel to beat the Republicans into submission. And the rock-ribbed conservatives see through this. I strongly suspect... There are plenty of liberals who listen to this show, I'm pleased to say. But the people who are listening to this show, if they're not rock ribbed conservatives, they're at least independent thinkers who see through a lot of this piffle. But there are people, the squishes in the Republican Party and the centrists and the people who just want to be liked by the Washington Post and the New York Times, they're the ones who will join the chorus of the Eric Adamses who say, well, you know, that's really awful. You know, actually, that's really awful to do that to those illegal aliens. We shouldn't do it. We're better than that. No, it's a it's a perfectly natural and just response to foreign aliens in your con- in your country or in your municipality illegally, it is perfectly natural and right and just to ship those people out of there. They just don't want us to do it because mass migration is in large part a political operation to undermine the political and electoral viability of Republicans throughout the United States. That's why the libs did it. That's why the libs continue to do it. And when the co- when they have to bear the costs of that, the housing and the taxes, when they have to bear the political costs of that, which is even Democrat people in Democrat cities don't want to have to pay for this stuff, then they will sometimes ship them away. And they'll ship them back to the Republican states very often so that they don't have to deal with it. Speaking of federal issues, one of the funniest videos I've seen in a long time, over the weekend goes viral. This is Proud Boys met by a group I think, called Patriot Front. It's hard to tell exactly who these people are because they wear masks over their faces. And this is a group, as we, in recent months, maybe a year, you've seen this group Patriot Front come to the fore, and they march, and they seem really on the nose. And I think, I don't, I've never really heard of this group, and I'm pretty in it. You know, it's my job to read about what's going on politically in the United States, especially on the right. I don't really know anything about these guys. It seems kind of like a, well, it's right there in the name. It seems kind of like a front. You know, it's we know that federal agents infiltrate these supposedly right-wing grassroots groups. We've seen the memoranda from the FBI. We've seen these guys get caught. Do you remember at the Justice for January 6th rally, where pretty much no one showed up other than journalists and federal agents? There was this famous picture taken of guys who are obviously feds. They're all wearing the same brandless clothing. That They've all got the same haircut they probably got done at, at uh, Langley or at the FBI headquarters. They're all wearing the same shades. They're all checking their five and their six and their seven. They're all wearing the same Garmin watch. It was such a joke. And what's funny now, by the way, is if you Google this picture, if you look for it on Google, it won't turn up. If you look for it on Twitter, it won't turn up. You can say, justice for January 6th rally, feds, J6, feds, whatever. It doesn't show up. You can't find it. I had to go to Bing to find that picture, even though that picture was everywhere at the time. So we know that this kind of stuff happens. And there's a video- of the Proud Boys going up to these supposed American neo-Nazis and saying, get the hell out of here. You guys are not part of us. You're obviously feds. Go away. (laughs) See the guy in like the mullet, Proud Boy waving the American flag, going up to these supposed American Nazis saying, get out of here. We don't want you here. You're obviously just infiltrator, hack, shills, go away. And they do back them off. They do all these guys who very conveniently are covered up in their shades and their face masks. They get out of here, and some of the Proud Boys then tried to, I think, unmask them, and it created a whole issue. Now, look, I don't know if those guys are Feds. I don't know if those guys are there just to try to make the right look bad. Or I, I really, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really care. However, there is one good piece of evidence that these guys might have. I'm not saying that they're actual employees of the federal government, that they might have some kind of connection you know, to the federal government. One piece of evidence here that, that they're feds is from Adam Kinzinger, former Republican member of Congress, who's a total shill for the liberal establishment. He tweets out, he says, these people, referring to conservative pundits who were laughing about this video, these people, all blue checks, are celebrating a seemingly MAGA assault on federal officers. Now, I don't know what this really is, but Take a gander at the comments of the patriots who love America. And reading that comment, you say, hold on, wait. You're admitting that patriot front is a bunch of feds? Did you, Adam Kinzinger, who is not the swiftest politician out there, that's why he's no longer in Congress, not necessarily the sharpest tool in the shed. He's out there, he's saying, this is outrageous. All these conservatives are laughing at an attack on federal agents. You say, no, man, you're supposed to pretend that they're not federal agents. And anyway, just a reminder that uh, the you really shouldn't believe everything you read in the liberal establishment papers, uh, because the, the reality of what's going on on the right is not the way that it is portrayed. And I think people are beginning to wake up to this, and you're seeing it reflected in the polls and priorities of the real conservatives. Okay, today's Music Monday, baby, and I'm finally, I had a crazy week. I was traveling all over the country last week. I'm back here in Nashville, Tennessee. It's Music Monday, and I've got my trusty iPad, so I'll be chatting with you. The rest of the show continues now. Go to dailywire.com slash Knowles. Use code Knowles at checkout for two months free on all annual plans.